Good morning, everyone. Good morning. One, two, morning, everybody. Come on in. Those first. of you who are. Yes, it's time, uh, Tom. Yes, it's time. You think this is like the middle We're of summer? We're late for a very important date. <laughs> My mic, I think, is kind of quiet. If you wouldn't mind turning it up a tiny bit, just for my own um, self-gratification, that would be wonderful. Thank you. One, two. There. There we go. How's, how's that? How's everybody doing today? Wow. We're missing a few people it's today. Like the, it's like the beginning of summer when people just stop showing up, yeah. which hasn't really been an issue with this church. Not generally, previous, yeah. There's like a point where you get to Memorial Day weekend and everybody just stops showing up, and that's when every, there's no... There's no, everything's special music. One person does a solo every Sunday. That's the worst time of year. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, so, so I saw an article the other day oh. that, um, um, and, and the statistics show that all, almost most churches have their, their attendance have dropped by at least 40%. Um, in, in person. In per, for in yeah. person. Right. For right. in person. Um, and, and, uh, and most younger generations want to see online. They just want to go to church online. So, isn't that interesting? And we're, we're, we're normal, you know. So there are people who are watching us online. Hello, by the way. And, um, but, but this is normal. This is normal. It, I don't know that it's just the way it is. The world has shifted. Yeah. Well, it's, it's good to point that out because I think sometimes it's easy to get discouraged whether you're us or people who are here to go, where is everybody? Well, they're here. They're here. They're there. They're there. Yeah. And they're, they're worshiping um, alongside you virtually. Right. And we have a lot of people who watch. Sorry, this is kind of a weird introduction to the, <laughs> to the service. But there's a lot of people who will watch our service Sunday night or Tuesday. I know Deb back there often, you would watch it in the middle of the week. So it, the world is different. The world is just different. And that's okay. We'll meet you where you are. But if you have things you'd like us to pray for you, whether it's here or online, please let me know. Um, we do have some announcements. I don't know what they all are. Um, what are they? Oh, there you go. Excellent. Okay, I'll, I'll let you do it, uh, uh, Dawson. Drive through Tree Trail. We did this. We've done this two years? Two years? One year. Did we only do it? No, you've done a trunk or treat? Yeah. You've done it more than twi at least twice. Either way, we did one last year. It was a lot of fun. We basically, we, we dress up your cars. You, you pull them in there. You dress up your cars to decorate them like, you know, like a pumpkin or a scarecrow or, I don't know, something. Um, I think one of them was a frog because we had a Jeep and we made it look like a frog. Right. It's a lot of fun. Cars drive through and we give them candy. It's a blast. And um, both for the kids and for the parents and for the volunteers. Because who doesn't like to see, you know, little kids dressed up and going, ah, candy! Especially when they drive away and they're not with you after. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, if you would like to participate, you don't have to dress up your car. If you want to, you can. Um, but if you want to just provide your car, we can dress it up for you. And if you don't want to be, be there at all that day, um, we could use some candy to hand out for the kids. So that's coming up in, a, in about, what, three weeks or so? So next week, if you'd like to bring some of that, some candy, we would appreciate that. Next one. Um, there is a bridal shower today for Pastor Jesse at my house. If you, have the inf if you want the information, let me know if you don't have it. Um, and because uh, she's getting married in about nine weeks. Wow. And she's not in here because if she was, she would freak out a tiny little bit. I know, but Derek yeah. is somewhere. No, he left too. Yeah, he left. <laughs> so, um, but there's also going to be one for the guys at uh, at 1:30 here at the church, and we're just going to go do some mini golf, and and uh, have Sherry's pie. That's it. It's a lot of fun. I uh, know. I, I imagine. Next, is there any other ones? Small groups. Yes, please sign up for small groups. We're going to have um, we have lots of different options out there. There's for whatever your interest there. I know there's a coloring one if you like to color. I, I don't see why that's fun, but a lot of people think it's fun, including my wife. And um, there, I think there's a, uh, I don't know what all there. There's lots of ones. So go take a look. It's right over here underneath the, the welcome sign. If you're online and you would like to join, let me know, and, uh, and, and we can get you that information. Um, is there any other ones? The candy? Yes, I said that one. I think that's it. Yeah, we candy needed for the tree trail. I think that's it. Uh, so. I, I have a quick candy-related question. 
just so we can really drag this on as long as possible. What is, what's a kind of candy that you like to eat that you suspect most people don't like? Do you like candy corn? Oh. Okay. Yeah, candy corn? I know. Kathy thinks it's amazing. I like candy corn. There's, there's something about that texture, and yeah. It's, you know, it's... Corn. Peeps? Do you like peeps? I hate peeps. Peeps are gross. Golly. Jan, you're losing me. Um, no, All right. We should probably okay, get going yeah. with the service. Hey, uh, we're going to be talking about our hope, part two. And we're, we're gonna, I want to give you a richer vision of where you are all headed who, who believe in Jesus. And I, it's better than you can imagine. I want us to move beyond a simplistic understanding of what your faith is, of where you're going, where the ship of the world, the ship of your life is headed, where we're going to dock, where we're going to live in eternity. It's not just, oh, heaven, or we get to see the people we love. No, 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 it's better than that. And we're going to talk about that today. All right, Father God, thank you for our hope. Thank you that you love us so much that you sent us Jesus. Thank you that that uh, that that the future you have for us is better than can be described. And so, Lord, today as we come into the service, help us to worship you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. But more than that, Lord, also give us a vision of uh, of our hope that we might be able to endure the trials and difficulties now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray, Father, I pray for peace and understanding, and that is not intended to be a bumper sticker, God. It's, I want to understand why, uh, understand why I'm often not at peace. In my own head, my own, why um, my peace can be so fragile. Help me to understand what are those elements of, of life that, that cause that distress, that cause all of us to fall out of peace and, and into fear and security, and that we would more quickly move to you and find peace in who you are and what you've promised us. As we worship, we are worshiping from a place of quiet and peace and comfort and confidence, assurance of, of who you are. Thank you, Lord. Uh, take a seat if you don't mind. Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, there was something I almost shared last week. And I decided it wasn't the right time, but I think this is the right time. It's nothing monumental, so if, if you're waiting for something exciting, take a nap. Um, I, coach, I, I coach a lot of kids' sports, and um, there's a vanity in me that says that, uh, that tells me that I'm not uniquely qualified from a sporting perspective, but relationally to connect with these young men and help them develop character. And... And then occasionally I, I'm woken up from this delusion. Um, one of the boys on the team really struggles with ADHD. It's something I'm very familiar with, personally familiar with. And he drives me crazy. And I've had these like daydreams about shoving a sock in his mouth. Um, and it's not, these are not like kind, like I really want to affirm this child and help him grow in character. It's more like, how do I get him to shut up? <sighs> um, and then something will happen and I will see the boy that's there, that's behind that challenge. And I'm really convicted of how shallow my engagement can truly be and how I can depend upon my own, again, delusions of my capabilities to think that somehow I'm beyond being a jerk, even in my own head. And I saw him at this one point on the rolling around on the ground and laughing, and I'm just annoyed at him, and his dad happened to be there, and, and he's like, dial it in, buddy, and he goes, I can't. 
And I knew he wasn't saying that because he was deflecting. He, wasn't, he was choosing to be out of control. He was acknowledging, I'm really, I, I'd like to not be like this, and I am. And I just, suddenly he clicked into not an idea, but a person that allowed me to love him more. But I really had to get past my own garbage to get to the point where I saw him as a person and not just as whatever causes his brain to be different than other people. Very much like my own, and yet you'd think I'd have more empathy. I did not. I see more and more of that. And so when I pray for peace and understanding, I get mad at things. I say things. I do things. And I believe somehow that I am arrogantly better than people in certain areas and then God shows it to me and I pray that God will continue to show me those areas reflect back to me where I'm unkind and unloving where I don't take the time to understand who somebody is and to love them and last week I threw an insult at Jack and Dawson I thought I was being clever and then I was reminded that I'm not that clever sometimes I'm thoughtless and I just want to apologize to you guys because I love you. And um, I'm really proud of who you are because I've known you since you were three. And the young men that you are growing up to be, I'm very impressed. So I just want you to know that I should not make you the butt of jokes. It's not right. And I love you. Um, and no matter what stupid thing comes out of this mouth, nothing will change that. So I just want to take a moment to say that. Thank you. Uh, we're going to do one more song. Father, I, I just ask you that this morning we allow ourselves to be stretched a bit, see things we haven't seen before, hear things we haven't heard Be present, be open to learning more about you and ourselves at the same time. Lord, there is often times that I come to this task and I don't feel adequate, and this is one of them. I need you, Jesus, to open our eyes. Help us to see something that we haven't. Work in each and every single uh, mind and heart that is present or will hear this now or at any time in the future, online or whenever. Help them to see the hope that they have. Use me. Put your words in my mouth. For your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope. It is a, uh, it's something we can't live without. We need it. There's, a, there's, a, there's an old quote that says something along lines that you can, you know, you can go without food for 40 days, you can go without water for, for three minutes, I mean for three days, and then you can, you can live without air for three minutes, but you can't live without hope for a second. Now that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but not too much. You need hope. And the reality is, is, is if we don't have hope, life gets a lot harder. And what I mean by hope, I mean either in the sense that the world is going to get better or our own personal lives can be better. That tomorrow can be a better day than today. That the, that the darkness that I'm in right now is not going to remain. Having hope reduces fear. It reduces anxiety. It produces happiness and contentment. It produces 
uh, you doing things that contribute positive energy to actually accomplish things in the world. All because you have hope. You get stuff done if you think that tomorrow is going to be better. And our hope as a Christian is not a wish. It's not, it's not a optimistic thinking. It's an expectation. It's being able to see what's coming and going, that's going to be my reality one day. We have hope. I want you to have hope. And I want you to have a fuller hope. I want you to have a good foundation for your hope. Last week we talked about the character of God. And I could have communicated a little bit better in, in the sense of what I was trying to say is, who is it that's walking with you in this life? Who's the one that's bringing you wherever you're going, which is what we're going to talk about today? Who is that person? He's great. He has great power. He is capable of fi fixing things in, your, in the world or in your life. He's good. He wants to help. He's wise, meaning he knows what he's doing. Trust him. He's got it. He's, he can figure it out. And he's loyal in his love. He's not going to give up on you because you've blown it. That's who's walking with you in the valley of the shadow of darkness. And he's with you now. And the question today becomes, where is he taking us? Where is he taking the world? Home. You're going home. But that's just a, one simple image. There's so much more. I struggled a little bit trying to think about how to communicate this. So today, those of you who've listened to my sermons a lot over the years, you'll notice this is going to be slightly different. I have not a whole lot of scriptural references. That's because I don't want to bog you down on the details, and I could easily lose you in the details. So if you, after hearing this, would like more scriptural details, I have two papers, one of them is 27 pages, um, that it can help explain all this to you and give you all the details of how all these pieces fit together. And there's also a short six-minute video, if you would like, by the Bible Project that condenses it nice and, for those of you who are more visually oriented, it would just like a nice little summary. So I'm gonna, we're going to put that in the, in, in the comments. I'm going to ask Jesse to put at least the video in the comments. And then if you would like them, the, uh, the, the papers, I will happily email them to you or print them out and give them to you. Okay? Our hope. Let's get into it. These are the three things, these are the four things I want to put together in your mind. That our hope is both a home, it's Eden, it's the temple, and it's new creation. It's all of these pieces are just the same idea, but just described in different ways. They're all together, and the Bible intentionally throw, puts all of these together. And it's a backdrop for everything that's going on in the Bible, even if it's not bluntly stated. Once you can start to see these, they're everywhere, even in places you wouldn't think they are. So, let's start, let me, let me talk this that, with home. And like I said, these, these four things, what I want to do is give you a full picture of where we're going, at least a, a bigger one, because we often just think, when we think of what is our hope, it's, well, it's heaven. We can do better than that. It's, I'm going to see our, my loved ones. We can do a lot better than that. It's, it's, it's maybe it's the new creation, whatever that is. I can, we can do better than that. So I want to give you this rich picture so that when you, because what's the point of a hope if you can't see it? You can have a sense of what that looks like. I want to give you the brochure so that when we're, you know, we're on that, that ship going somewhere, well, what, what's the port going to look like, Right? You want to go to Disneyland? I love Disneyland. But let's say, well, what's it look like there? Why would you be excited about going there if you don't know what's there? I want you to get excited about it by giving you a sense. All right, home. Now, home is, the, is, is one that, that perhaps is more familiar with you. It comes from a, 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 a verse that's frankly said a lot during, the, uh, during like funerals. And that's John 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. 
Jesus is leaving, and, and he knows he, her, her hearts are troubled. This is the, he, he's communicated this in a moment where he knows that the disciples are going to have a hard time. So this is all about hope. It's about, hey, it's going to be hard, but there's, there's something good coming. And so he continues. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this was not so, I would have told you so, so that I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, some of your translations will say mansion. Some of them will say house. This version, I think, is much better. It's the idea of home. It's your dwelling. I don't think of a, of a mansion as a dwelling. Do you? I mean, it kind of is. But home. What do you think of when you think of home? Now, if it's a good home, that is. Think of your best ideal home. I think of my comfortable bed, <laughs> right? My pillows. I hate using other people's pillows. I, when we go on trips, I bring my pillows. Because <laughs> I, oh yeah, there's some of you like, I guess, I can't sleep on another pillow. I want my pillow. Home is my pillow. So there's a comfort there. But it's also the place, this is where I belong, right? This is my house. Especially if some of you have been in your house for a long time. It's like there's roots. This is my place. If there's dirt here, it's my dirt. <laughs> right? I don't want somebody else's dirt. Ugh. But it's my dirt like, eh, it's my dirt. <laughs> right? There's a comfortableness. There's a belonging. This is where I am. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is home. This is where my, where my family is. This is where my, my, my dogs are. This is where my, this is home. There's a safety in home. There's a joy. There's a comfortableness in home. That's what I want you to hear with this. Think of an ideal home, the best possible home. There's this intimacy, there's this comfort, there's this joy, all of those things. The family, family. That's what I want you to think of with it. And that's, the, that's meant to be the image here. Home. In my father's home, there's lots of room. And I'm going to go play a pace for you. When everything's ready, I'm going to come get you. So you're going to be with me always. Now, you may not know, but there's wedding images here. That the standard Jewish wedding would be that there would be a betrothal, there would be an engagement, and then the guy would leave and go build an, a room onto his father's house. And when he's done with that, there would be this big celebration, where, this big parade where he would go and get his bride and bring her home. That's what this image is. And the, and the, and the wife would make her, the, the bride would make herself ready and the anticipation so that when the shout would come, you can hear some of the images there, that the groom is on his way, she would get ready and her virgins and her friends would all get ready because it would happen at night and they would go home. So there's wedding images here. This is what we're talking about. This is your, this is their, your hope. You're, gonna, you're going home. You're going someplace that you want to be. We're going home, guys. This earth is not your home. This earth is like living in an RV. It's living like living in a hotel, a one-star hotel. Okay? It's a place to be until you get home. Right? That's all it is. And I'm going to disparage camping a little bit. It's like camping. Okay? It's a nice, fun place to be, but you don't want to live there. Right? It's not home. You, we're going home. This is not, we're just passing through here. Don't make this your home, because it's not. Now, this is connected with the image of Eden. It's connected with the image of the new creation it's, and, and, and the temple. And let, let's, let's move to this one here. Let, uh, Eden. Let's look at Eden. I want to remind you what Eden is. Let's read the verses. Okay? 
And the Lord, this is Genesis 2. Now the Lord had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Now the Lord made all kinds of trees grow out of the garden of the trees, and they were pleasing to the eye. They were good for food. In the middle of the garden there were it was the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And there was a river watering the garden, flowed from Eden, and there it separated into four headwaters. So you have these images of, of, of these flowers and these fruits and water and everything is pleasing and good. What do you think of when you think of Eden? I want you to take a moment, and, and both with the home and with this, what is Eden to you? Think about, let your imagination run a little bit. I mean, you could just simply say paradise. Okay, yeah, but what does paradise look like? This image is meant to help give you a sense. It's a place where everything is very good. Every relationship is very good. Every Everything is pleasing. Everything is enjoyable. All your wants and your needs are met. It's like, oh, it's perfect. Yes, that's Eden. And this, if nothing else, we should say, where were you created to be? Humanity was not meant to live in this world. We were meant to live in Eden. Right? When we were, when God made us up, okay, okay I'm going to create you, I'm going to create you to be in this spot, in these kinds of conditions. This is how we were supposed to be. This is where we belong. We belong in Eden. You wonder why sometimes death just doesn't seem right? Well, that's because death isn't normal. We're not supposed to experience death. We're not to experience all the crud of this world. It's why it just feels uncomfortable and wrong and injustice isn't right. And all this is because we weren't supposed to live in that. We're supposed to live in Eden. That's how we were created. Now, it's not normal now because that's what, we're, that's what the world has been since this moment. We know that, Genesis 3. But don't forget... Eden is where we were created. Eden is where we belong. This is home. This is home. Now, where we're headed is going to be like Eden, but better. And we're going to see that in a minute. But to give you a hint, it's better because it won't end. And it's not going to be two people. It'll be... This massive group of people. It's what we were supposed to be. And there's another sense. It's not just going to be this itty bitty little piece of ground. It'll be all of the universe will be Eden. That's coming. Home is Eden, guys. My father's house is the new Eden that's coming. That's where we're going. Now this house, <laughs> Eden as a house, home. Jesus says, my father's home. There's a thing here that I want I wanted to be trying to connect these three things. Now we've already heard that Jesus talks about my father's house. We've talked about how Eden is where we, you know, I'm giving you these images. Now what I need to do is help connect Eden with this idea of the temple or tabernacle and new creation because they're all deeply intertwined. And it has to do with this idea of house or home. Now talking a little bit about what is the temple? What is the tabernacle? It's, now, a little bit of a history, so because I can't assume we all, we all remember what this is, is when the Israelites left Egypt. Remember the, you know, the, the uh, if, you, if you watch the movie The Ten Commandments, right? Or Out of Egypt by DreamWorks. It's not a bad movie, actually. But they left Egypt. And then they, they, they set up this, this tent thing, and God's presence was supposed to be there, is, was there. But after they settled in the land of promise, that tent eventually became a building, a physical building, not just a something impermanent, but something more permanent, the temple. 
But either way, they're the same thing, and they have certain characteristics. And let me get, just kind of walk through some of these guys. And I know that's really small, and I apologize for that. I probably should have made it mul multiple um, images for it. But let me read through this a little bit. So the temple, temple was God's house. And this is a common understanding in the, new t in the, in the ancient world. Even today, you could just go Google, Google what is a temple. And it's the idea that this is the house for the deity, for the God. This is where he lives on earth. This is where heaven meets earth. Do you want it to go? And God, why am I keep talking about Disney and cartoons? Um, think th think um, um, Hercules, the movie Hercules. Have you seen that, that, that Disney movie Hercules? Where does Hercules go to talk to his dad, Zeus? In his temple. Because that was the idea. Where do you go meet with God? At the temple. Because that's where he's at. It's his home. And this is a normal common understanding this is the house of god and it's and we can see that in the book of exodus is that when they're building this the, the and they're wandering in the in the wilderness and they have this tent thing god's visible presence was there this is where god was the temple is where god lived it's his house his presence was there that's what it, and so, when Jesus is saying in John 14, in my Father's house, that's temple. That's presence. In fact, if he were to go back to that, which we will at the end of the sermon, he's like, and so you will be with me. Well, of course you're going to be with him. You're in his house. You're in his temple. You're his house. So part of our hope is being in his presence. But the temple was we need to think about how it was decorated because this is going to help you connect both with Eden and 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 what and in and, and the garden and then in the the new creation. When we look at the temple and how it was decorated, lots of gems, lots of gold, and then flowers and and fruit trees and waters. Eden-like pictures. And the layout was interesting. It had the outside of the whole thing, and then you had the outer court, and then inside the outer court you had the inner court, and then inside that you had the Holy of Holies. So you had these concentric circles. Outside was the bad place, the world. And then the inside, you're just like, okay, you're close to God, but you're not really in his presence. And then you get really close, you're getting closer, and then you have where he actually is. The Holy of Holies. Now remember that layout because we're going to see how that parallels Eden. Third, at the temple there were priests. Priests. Of course there are. The temples have priests. Well, what do priests do? They represent God to the people. They, they worship him. They serve him. And they represent him to the world. Now, each one of these things, whether it's the house where God's presence is, or we're talking about decorations and the layout, or this idea of priests, every single one of those, you can see that in Eden. And as I said a minute ago, I'm not going to go through all the different ways that, this, that there's these connections. I have a paper for it. If you want to read it, take the time. But I'm just trying to give you the sense of it. But if we look here, Priests, well, let's, let's, let's come back here. I, mean, I don't want to confuse you too much. God's house. In Genesis 3, what happens after Adam and Eve sinned? They hear the, God, the sound of God walking in the garden, right? Of course they do, because this is where God walks on earth. His presence is there. It's his house. Where else are you going to see that? And by the way, in the, in the ancient Near, Near East, it was commonly understood that when there's a garden, this is where gods lived. They lived on mountains, and they lived in gardens. And if you're a normal person in a dry, arid land, where else would a god live but in a garden? Where else would they live but on a mountain where you can't get at them? Of course. So it's an obvious thing that, the G, that, the, that God lives in the garden to them. But scripturally referenced, we know he lives there. That's his presence. And then if we were to go and look at the, uh, 
look at the description, as I said just a minute ago. You saw there were those flowering trees. There was the fruits. These are intentional connections with Eden. And Eden, how is it laid out? You had the world outside of Eden. Then you had Eden. And then it says, if we look at it carefully in the text, inside the land of Eden is the garden. There's a garden in Eden. It's Eden in garden is not actually the same thing. It's like there's a spot in Oregon. There's the world, there's Oregon, and then inside Oregon is Aurora. And then in Aurora, there's a specific center. And the same thing here. You have Eden, you have the world, you have Eden, you have the garden, and then at the center of the garden is the tree of life. The Holy of Holies, the center of the whole thing. But what about the priest? I'm going to take a little bit longer and look at this. Genesis 1.27 talks about how humanity was made in the image of God. And one of those things it simply means is this. You represent God to the world. If you're a human being, which we all are, you represent God to people. This is why murder is bad. Is because you're killing an image of God. This is why we are not supposed to have idols. Because we're the idol. We're the image of God. We represent him. And it gives you a hint of where we're going, what the, what the meaning of our, of our hope is, is that we will fully represent to all of creation accurately what God is like. We're to be priests to the world. But what do also priests do? And now we'll look at Genesis 3.15 really carefully here. The Lord God put the man, took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and care for it. First of all, this word put is not, it means literally to rest something somewhere. In chapter, verse 8, it was, I'm, 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 it's, it's a more generic word, but in this verse, when he's talking about putting him in the, in the garden, it's, it, it accurately would be read as God took the man and rested him in the garden. Now, some of you might, bells might be going off. Think about, you know, entering into God's rest. This is what he's talking about, the rest. And then it says there, put him in there to do what? And there's these two words, work and care for it. Now, many of us grew up with it, and there's some of your your translations will say things like cultivate it and work it or keep it or take care of it. And I think that those are unfortunate translations. And let me give you some explanations for why. Okay? First of all, let's look at the word work. No, no, let's do do this. In Greek, uh, I'm I'm, I'm nerding out here. Oh, jeez. bear with me for just a moment okay so in hebrew grammar the end of the word just like in spanish has either a feminine and feminine ending ending or a male ending and verbs need to match up with the object of the action they need they need to go if it's feminine needs to be with a feminine if it's male needs to be with a male this is just normal grammar the problem is, is garden is feminine and work and care is masculine. Why are they different? You have to literally change the grammar to make it work. Now, maybe he did, but let's also look at the two words. This word work can also be translated serve. It can also be translated Worship. Work, serve, worship. It could be work. It could be serve. It's also commonly used for worship. And this other word of of care for it is also translated guard, obey, keep watch over. It's the idea of, of making sure something is right. And those two words are normally translated worship and obey. 
or serve and guard. And, it's, and when they're put together, they're almost every time talking about the duties of a priest. Number seven, and there's multiple options here, but here's one of them. When they, are to the, they the priests, are to perform their duties for the whole community of the tent of the meeting, doing the work of the tabernacle, they are also to care for the furnishings of the tent. Work and care. Or guard. Other, other, other places they're going to translate it as guard. It's the idea of, of their, their job is to take care of the temple. The area where God's presence is and to make sure everything is going right. And there's lots of different er, version, verses for this. And so when we're talking about this, I think the correct translation of this is this. The Lord God put the man, took the man and rested him in the Garden of Eden to serve and to, and to guard it, to worship and obey. And that fits with the, the, the theology of the entire Bible. What is the purpose of humanity? Is it really to be a gardener? Not to be mean to gardeners. But gardening was the result of the fall. If you read chapter 3, that's, the re that's what he's going to do. Now that he's sinned, he's going to work the ground. Your job, your, your future is much bigger than manual labor. It's to be a priest in the temple of God in his home, in all of creation. When he says, multiply, be fruitful and multiply, the idea is make Eden the entire planet. That's our future. That's what, God, that's what we're talking about when he says, I'm going home. We're talking about being priests and, and royal priests, kings, represents, representatives of God to all of creation, worshiping and serving and, and, and guarding that place. This is home. Our hope is home. It's Eden. It's, 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 it's being living in the, in the presence of God with an exceedingly important job. It's not going to be like manual labor. It'll be much more significant than this. And it's going to be new creation. Now, just for it's clear, what comes next in history? Just to make sure you understand the order of events, because you may not. Trials. Life is going to get hard. Now, is, is there tribulation and all? There's all kinds of more details here. But hard. After that, at some point, maybe the Antichrist comes before or after. Okay, we can, we can quibble on some of these details. But we know at some point, it'll get hard, that Jesus comes back. Now, there may be a millennial reign. They may or not. Let's, let's not quibble about these details, because after whatever that is, there's a final judgment. Trials, Jesus comes, final judgment. And then eternal state, how things are going to live forever which is the living in the new creation where you fully experience your hope, where God recreates everything. Oh boy, does that sound like Genesis 1 again? Yeah, but it's better. And all these images of Eden, these images of home, these images of, of the temple all come together, and you can see it, for example, here in Revelation 21. The angel showed me the river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of the God, God where his presence is. This, this, this river, remember those images of Eden, of a river flowing through it, and God's presence there, and down the middle of the great city, because it's not one person now, it's a whole community. It's Eden, but better. On each side of the river stood the tree of life. This is nearly the very first time since Genesis chapter 3 has the tree of life been mentioned. You go almost the entire Bible before it comes up again. And it comes up right here. And the rivers, and it was bearing, oh, look at this, fruit trees. And there's, there's leaves. And there's healing of the nations. Oh, and look, there's no curse. It's the reversing of Genesis chapter 3 and the fall of Adam and Eve. All of the bad stuff. We're back to Eden again. 
but better. And the throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and the servants will work, will serve him. It's the same word, right? And they will see his face. Why are they going to see his face? Because they're living in his presence. It's his home. No more night, no more darkness, no more evil, no more that, for they don't need the light of the lamp, the light of, this, the light of the sun, for the Lord will give them their light, and they will reign, because that's what humanity was meant to be. That's the initial, we are to have dominion over all of creation. And now they're going to do it. This is our hope, guys. Our hope is home, it's Eden, it's the temple, it's new creation. Whatever those images come to mind, I want you to try and mash them together because that's where you're headed. So when Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled, there's hope. The one who's walking with you, who is great, who's nothing's too hard for him, who loves you and is never going to give up on you, who knows exactly what he's doing, he's taking you personally, he's taking the world to this moment. Don't be troubled. In my father's house are many rooms. If it weren't so, I wouldn't have told you so, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. Surely we need to see this when we see things like Psalm, the end of Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your lives, and oh, look, you're going to dwell in the house of the Lord. That's Eden. That's the mansion that Jesus is talking about. That's what we're talking about in, John, in, in Revelation 21. We're going to be there forever. hope is that we're returning home guys i hope that you let that sink in let your imagination wander a little bit about what that's going to be like because you need that foundation you need to be able to see where you're going so that the hard moments now you know that it's not going to last the hole in your heart the pain in your back the mess that you see in the world, you know that's not ending, that's not going to continue. You're going home. You're going to live in Eden again. In a renovated world, in the presence of God, serving Him, worshiping Him, with work that means something. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that you, you've given us this incredible hope. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've, you've purchased it for us. Lord, we believe the future that you have for us is, so, is really, really good. Help our unbelief. Help us to see it even more. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. As we come to communion... Take a moment and think about all the needs in your life, all the wants, all the hard things that are happening, and lay them all at the table with Jesus and say, you're the one I really need. And you're going to give me, I'm going to experience that full goodness one of these days. I believe it. As we return home. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he says, this is my body given for you. 
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and says, this is the cup of the new covenant, the new agreement between man and people that says, I will make it so that you get there. And when we eat this bread and we drink this wine, we proclaim Jesus' death until he comes back. Believing that, that's our, that our hope is coming and that we have a taste of it now and we will have a fullness of the goodness coming because we trust him. Come to the table and then together we'll, we'll, we'll share the elements together. Let's pray. Lord, we were created for you. We were created to be in your presence, to serve you, to worship you. We were created in, in not for the world as it is today. And we ache and we moan and we, we long with all of our hearts to, for for things not to be the way they are. Thank you that you haven't given up on the human race. You haven't given up on us individually. But you love us and you're not, not going to let, let us go. And this communion reminds us of that. We want you to come back soon, Jesus. Help us to endure until that the body and blood of Christ given for you. Let's stand for our last song. like to hear more about this joe and i have a podcast on wednesday nights you can catch it on wednesday nights or later on um you don't have to join us live although that's always fun there's certainly an entertainment value in watching a struggle with technology yes yes yeah. it's true um but if there's if there's i would love to hear if there's an area of this you would like me to expand on this week let me know um let me know if you would like more of that information whether there's the video or the uh or the papers so i would love to be able to provide that to you Meanwhile, may God bless you with hope. May he fill you with all hope in believing that God is good and he has you. See you next week. Take care.